chewing on something to verbalize it, to be helpful with it. And this is about happily embracing the correction of a lovely God. You know, God is lovely. And in that, he's lovely. There's no part of God that's not lovely. And sometimes with our religious underpinnings and our misunderstanding about who he is, we have tried to jerry-rig things together. So we say God is love, and then we say that he's wrathful and here to punish all the ugly things about us, and that's lovely. It it creates a cognitive dissonance. And that's a big word. That's actually a really good word to learn if you don't have it in your armamentarium. That means what we know in our heads is not gelling with what we know in our hearts. And in our hearts, understand you have a relationship with God. There's a your spirit knows him. Your spirit's actually not confused. Okay, but we're really confused in our heads and our emotions. And maybe in your head, you kind of got your theological ducks better lined up. You know, I I know my ducks keep on wandering off into the road and whatever. (laughs) It's an ongoing process and actually probably with you too. But whatever that is, we're all in process and that's okay. God adores us in the process. But in the place where we have this idea that God is love, yes, but... See, that's a problem. Or in trying to reconcile that, we say, well, God is lovely and sometimes lo- lovely punishes. And I, I don't think God punishes. I think that is a misunderstanding that is horrendous about the nature of God. But God does discipline because he loves. And so, in our detoxifying our understanding of who God is, where God is really lovely. And because he's lovely, he's created us in the image and likeness of love. And in our true nature, there's nothing that's not lovely. We are without spot or blemish. And we're working that out because the salvation's already happening. But we're working that out through a fractured mindset, uh, through fractured um, emotions, through fractured understanding of who we are, through a fractured understanding of who God is, through a fractured understanding of who other people are, what love is, blah, 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 blah. You name it, we're fractured <laughs> in a lot of ways. But God is working that out. And in the place where there is a punishing overlay or a punishing underpinning, it, well, it misrepresents God, which does him a disservice. You know, he's not really worried about his branding problem, but he is concerned about that to the extent that it harms us and it harms relationship. Because if I think that God is a punisher, and I really believe that, and the church is like, yeah, that's what it is. Deal with it. You know what I mean? I am not going to cozy up. That's anti-intimacy. And if within myself, I'm calling a punisher lovely, 
That's not lovely. Okay. See, because the end point of punishing is punishment. And God wants to redeem us from that mindset. Now, in that, so, you know, when we talk about the wrath of God, it's orgate. It's this passionate pursuit, this passionate, and God is passionately not happy about the fallen ways of being that we have. Yeah, he really is passionate about that. You know why? It's because he's love. And so he's integrous. He has integrity in every part of his being is lovely. And so, of course, anything that molests his kids, any ways of being that hurt us and hurt other people, that he's he's really not happy about that but he's happy with us in the process, right? In the process. And as human beings, uh, we have a lot of ugly ways of being. And, and it's made worse when we have those ugly ways of being in Jesus' name. Okay, because that, that misrepresents him and confuses people. And the very place they people seek to go to actually get help, they actually get condemnation. So that's a, a problem. But, you know, we get condemnation. Let's just be clear. I think sometimes you just really beat up the church. And let's face it, we are the church. So for us, disassociating from the church and pointing fingers is the very problem that so we're being hypocritical. Okay. Uh, so God is conforming us into the image of Christ because we are lovely. Because he's unwilling to leave us alone. Because he's so in love with us and this is who you are. I'm not going to let you off the hook for this crappy way of being that you are demonstrating. But we do it in process. So he brings things up to convict us of righteousness. It's like this is righteous. This is righteous means right or holy or beautiful, right? Righteousness is beautiful, not self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is anti beautiful. It's ugly. Okay. But this is not self-righteousness. This is actually just, it's right. It is solid. It is eternal. It is lovely. It is truth. It is beautiful. It is holy. It is whole. All of these things intersect in that. And so he's going to say, no, that's not that. But he's not condemning you in bringing that up. As a matter of fact, it is a demonstration of how much he's chosen you, right? He only corrects those that are his children. So it's not saying you're bad. I reject you. It's saying because I've already accepted you, I am not allowing you to stay in this fallen way of being. You are too lovely to leave alone. And I will be relentless in that. So if you don't get the memo this time, we're just going to go around the mountain because God is, uh, he, honestly, he will have his way, not in a dominating muscle flexing. I've got all the power and you don't because I'm sovereign. I'm going to overlord my will. No, I'm going to woo your heart until your will comes in line with my will. And my will is always lovely, is always life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. There is no condemnation in me. There is no darkness in me. So where you see condemnation and darkness, you are misseeing me. Where you feel condemned and condemn yourself, you are not operating in my way of being, which is other giving love. And in that, one of the hard parts is giving up our me-focused centrality, like I narcissistic 
it's about me. And so I project me onto you and I project me onto the world and it's all about me and what can I get from it? And, you know, all that, all that kind of thing, which is all fear-based. If I have to self-protect, if I have to self-promote, if I have to push my self-agenda and my self-will on others, even in the name of Jesus, and especially in the name of Jesus, okay, God is going to relentlessly pursue us in that and honestly wear us down. And it's not a fun process. You know, the word of God says in Hebrews that he disciplines those he loves because he's a good father. Um, and it, it kind of sucks at the time. It's grievous, but it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness. So on the other side, there's something amazing that's released and you're actually resonating with your truest self from glory to glory to glory. Cause this is a progressive thing, which I would put, I could be wrong. Okay. I would put continues after death. I don't feel like death is the final, wow, we finally graduate and we're in the fullness and conformity of Jesus Christ. No, I think love is a consuming fire and he will consume everything that doesn't look like him because he loves us, because he's accepted us, because we're so valuable. He will consume that, the, all those fallen ways of being, not us because we're in the image and likeness of love. So he's, love is not going to consume love. It's going to consume what's not of love, what's not of our true nature and essence. And I believe that will be the experience in the afterlife. I could be wrong, but I got a lot of church fathers that went way before our evangelical concept of eternal conscious torment and all these different things that actually would say that take on things is actually more heretical than this other thing. Whatever that is, I'm just throwing it out there for anybody who wants to chew on that. I don't want to get lost in that, but I just think God is so masterful. Like, if his, okay, I just sounded like I was a valley girl from California, but just love me anyway, uh, because this is actually really good. So in the place where <laughs> there is this disparity between, is that a word? There's, there's a, a, a difference between who we are and what we're manifesting. God is after that. He's relentless. And let me say it again, just to help you. Because sometimes we need to get it over and over and over, right? To get it in the places that are really not so sure. He's pursuing it out of love. He's not pursuing. God hates sin because it's anti who we are. God hates sin because it hurts us. And we're so precious and so valuable and so beautiful and so holy that, yeah, that needs to go. But it's not kryptonite. It's not a deal breaker for a relationship. God chose us before we could choose him. You did not choose me. I chose you. Ephesians 1, 4. I've talked about this a lot. He chose us before the foundation of the world, united himself with us to be holy and righteous and without blemish in his sight, in love, because we're a love were his love expression. I was going to say love project, but I didn't want you to feel like a project. <laughs> we're an expression of love because he couldn't help himself. He's either giving love within himself, within the Trinity, explodes in a race of children who look just like him, who are unbelievably confused. And because of that, God has to, to sign up 
to dive into human depravity as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world and walks us out on the earth, on terra firma, right? So that he can enter into our humanity in the flesh, in our worst, most depraved ways of being and say, aha, yes, this depraved, I'm deeper than that. And I've already forgiven you, but I'm not going to let you off the hook in conformity to the image and likeness of love. And you have the ability to say no for me for as long as you can hold out. But I'm love and I'm confident in my ability to wear you down. This is why if, if you've got to peg me, if you have to stick me in a camp, I would call myself a hopeful universalist. Hopeful because I have no clue. <laughs> I'm not assuming that we're all going to be, quote unquote, saved, okay? But I am confident in a God who is love that never fails to to track down every single one of his kids and give them the love treatment, which is not like abusive love, like I'm going to beat you up and call you love, call it love, okay? No, which is like I'm unwilling to leave you in the fallen way of being. And I'm love, and I've got this inner secret weapon of who I am because I created you in my image and likeness and chose you. And at some point, you're going to wake up to that. You're going to wake up to who I am. You're going to wake up to who you are. And I am unwilling to leave you alone until that is manifested in the fullness of who that is. So will that work for a Hitler on the other side of the grave? I'm hopeful but I don't know. And I don't want to be dogmatic. I don't want to be dogmatic where I, I, I know we can say that the Bible is dog, but it really is not. Okay. I mean, it really is not. When you, when you study it honestly, without a filter, without an agenda, without like, I'm so threatened by these things that I have to, I have to defend my position. <laughs> and, you know, and so I'm just saying I could be wrong, but what I don't believe I'm wrong is what God is doing now in you. Because you are breathtakingly beautiful. You are powerful. You look just like Jesus in your flavor. And God chose you, was unwilling to do without you. You get to choose him back. And the places where we kind of deny him, we operate in fallen ways of being. We do. do. To a person, to me. And so God is after that. You're too gorgeous to leave alone. You're too precious to leave alone. He's too wild about you to leave you alone in this fallen way of being. And in that, if love is patient and kind, that means he's, he is so long suffering because he hangs with us in the midst of unspeakable ugly. I mean, what do we do to one another as human beings? And then what have we done to one another as human beings and said in Jesus name? Because we misrepresent him. So it's, it's a problem. But let me just remind you, because I, I, sometimes I get really wearied about people beating up the church. Because the church, yeah, we have issues, but let me think, let me think about what part, what section of humanity has got it all together. And a lot of times what happens in trying to escape our own issues, we're just really good at pointing out other people's stuff or other institutions stuff. And I'm just saying we all have stuff. So let's just settle down. We are loved. We look just like the person of love. We embody that essence. He delights in us while he's unwilling to leave us alone. So in the place where he's disciplining you and sort of 
demanding that you come up to a higher level. He's not leaving you alone. You will go around the mountain until you get this. So the fastest way is through. Just, I mean, just yield. Just give it up already. Give it up because you are lovely. Give it up because you're precious and let him help you because, you know, you can't give it up without his help. But the happy thing is that you're not called to. As you remain in him and him and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from him, you can do nothing. So this is not you duking it out. God is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing, craning in you, the power and desire to willing to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, delight. What is this good pleasure, satisfaction, delight? Oh, that you be brought out in the fullness of who you truly are. And that's going to be like, ouch. Okay. Oh, oh Yeah. You know, and, and so it, it's going to be one of those things where you lean into the discipline of God because he's not disciplining because he's so displeased with you. He's got an anger management problem. He's got to take it out on you. Okay. He's got to punish you. No, he's disciplining you because he loves you and you're too gorgeous to leave alone. Lean into it and learn to love yourself enough that you refuse to be condemned in what you're seeing that's so ugly right now. Crap, that's so ugly. Oh, God, it's so ugly, hypocritical, Blech, right? But I refuse to be condemned in it. So you hold that tension while you're saying, but I'm so lovely that, yeah, we're getting rid of this. And this is me and Jesus working together, Holy Spirit in me, working together to bring out something beautiful. And release a level of glory that's intrinsically part of who I am because I look just like Jesus. And then uh, pause and rest a little bit and, and, and get that solid and then continuing to go. But this is not a self-improvement. Okay, I used to be on the self-improvement plan of the month. It was exhausting and really not fruitful. But where you're following, where God is leading, there is an anointing. There is an empowerment on that to bring it about. And so you can celebrate that. Yay, yay, me. I did that. Okay. Oh, crap. There's another one. All right. Okay. Okay. We're going through. Help me. To, okay. And Jesus will help bring that out from glory to glory to glory. And you learn to love yourself enough to cooperate with the process and not condemn yourself in the process, just like Jesus does. But you're, you're not giving yourself a pass for our fallen way of being. And we're constantly holding that intention. You know, a lot of times as people, we don't like tension. We like a, there's the answer. And it's like, no, there's a lot of paradox and tension, but yeah, listen, you're created for it. You can do this thing. You're gorgeous. You're powerful. And God is just revealing that more and more and more and more because he loves you. Anyway, I hope that's been a blessing, helping you navigate the process that I know you're in. I'm in it too. You know, the fastest way is through and you get down with your bad self. It's going to be good. You will be increasingly lovely. And then God can also move through you in ways that are powerful. I hope that's been a blessing. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.